testimonies are, um, as we're hearing, you know, the people that have been daring to give their testimony so far, because it can be challenging to stand up in front and bear your heart. But what would you rather hear? A book recital to one of the ten questions, or the passion that you saw this morning that really lays it out there of who the individual is? Keeping it real. When religion becomes dead and form and full of schedules and agendas, it loses all of its power. When the individual holds Christ in their heart, brings it to a real right now place, that's where the power is. And so whatever you thought about this morning, understand that God is speaking. And God is releasing the heart of individuals to declare who he is. Amen. I want you to be encouraged this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Brendan, back there, uh, Chris told me this morning that it would be a good idea if I incorporated a man dressed as a chicken uh, in my message this morning. So I apologize, I didn't build that in, but if a man comes dressed as a chicken this morning, comes into our midst, it's got to be God. Amen? <laughs> God isn't a chicken. No, I'm not sure how. I, I, I'm not sure I'd know how to build that in, or even what to talk about, or even how to orchestrate that kind of a day. But it made me chuckle. And my brother Chris back there uh, often finds little things in the spirit just to lift, you know, my the weight and the seriousness, and get me to chuckle again, and get me to laugh again. So I really appreciate him in his ability to do that. Amen? So just another aspect of Christ. The same kind of passion that we heard this morning can be displayed in a chicken joke. <clears throat> Amen? So I'm actually kind of hoping that a man dressed as a chicken comes into the service today. So I don't know. I'm just saying it's not me. I didn't plan that. I don't know how to orchestrate things like that. But if he comes in, I think Chris is bringing the word for the next 27 Sundays. Amen? So just letting you know, Chris. <coughs> the title of the message this morning is, Where is God? Where is he? Sometimes we get uh, such weight on us that we wonder, God, can you just show up and change this? You know, how many of us want to see God in the natural, in physical form, in visitation, Sometimes we can get discouraged when we wait for so long a period of time and we have a predetermined idea of how he could show up. Or do you feel like there's something wrong with you and the reason why he's not revealing himself? We go through that too, right? We go through the list of reasons of why God's not fulfilling the way we think he should interact in our lives. And we think to ourselves, you know, what's, what did I do wrong, right? Is your religion based on someday? Someday, I'll really get to know him and experience him. Someday it'll happen for me. 
Someday. Someday. Or do you think the Bible is mostly good? A little outdated. Needs a new revision and an update. Is that what you think? Maybe it's hard to it's hard to kind of relate to some of the things in the Bible when you're approaching it from the natural mind. I want to be very clear this morning in Revelations 22. It says, "For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy in this book, speaking of the Bible." If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away from him his part in the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things that are written in this book. So whether people are out there saying whatever they're saying about the Bible, it is a genuine heart confession, love letter, prophecy story that came directly from the heart of the Father. And it's given to you and I to reveal who He is, of what He wants for your life, of what He wants for society and governments upon the earth. It goes in, and it covers everything that you could possibly be in in any situation. What a magnificent book that is. And so to think that it's outdated or needs a revision or it speaks of a people long ago that you can't relate to, stop approaching it in the natural mind. We're made up of soul and spirit and one tends to dominate the other. We know uh, how to operate through the soul realm, right? I mean, that's easy. You don't even have to hardly try to do that. That way is clear. Identifying what we want, navigating through life based on our own thoughts and beliefs and desires, using our natural senses, our sight and our ears and our smell and our touch, feelings, to gather information so we can win at life, right? Who wants to win at life? I want to win every time in every situation. Yes. Leveraging the past experience and then developing a combination of thoughts in order to gain a higher probability of success. Life isn't a probability. Life isn't a roll of the dice. It's not based on what you see or think in the natural realms. We tend to observe our surroundings through our eyes and we see and hear and we feel about what we touch and smell and so on. And we tend to assess situations through natural circumstances, natural environments. Walking in the soul realm limits your ability to be really who you are. Did you know that? When we're stuck in the soul realm, it robs us from what was really meant to be. Some think, that since, some, some think that since you can't hear or you can't touch it or you can't see it or you can't feel it, it doesn't exist. Right. 
Or some may understand that the Spirit does exist, but it's for somebody else, and it's a different kind of experience that someday I'll get to experience. You see that the Spirit has a body just like your physical body. Your spirit can hear. It can sense things. It can see things. It can touch things. It can travel to places. It has mobility. It isn't some vague thing somewhere. When we begin to experience the true spiritual experience, we begin to find out that there is a realm so much bigger and so much more dynamic, so much more vast, filled with endless possibilities, unprecedented love, unprecedented acceptance and peace. There's new and fresh understanding in that place. We experience new places that are endless, filled with new hope. Sometimes these experiences will cause such a revelation that it affects all of mankind, governments and social and economic norms. Some people have experienced such an impartation of the Spirit and they've discovered how to come outside of the soul realm and function in a spirit place where everything in creation becomes subject to that. So how is it possible? How is it possible that the sons of God will walk by the Spirit? Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it's impossible. It cannot be done. There's no other way. You can't discover on your own faculties of your soulish man how to walk in this realm that I'm describing where there's infinite kinds of love and acceptance, where the Father himself whispers to you over every morning, I love you. You're my focus today. You're the one that I've planned the entire day for you to walk through. Impossible to please and be satisfactory to God. For whoever would come near to God must absolutely believe that God exists and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him out. There was a woman at the well that Jesus came across. She was convinced that her religion was the religion of the world. She was convinced that in order to worship God, you've got to be in the right place at the right time, the right geographical area, Jerusalem. You had to be in a place in order to be acceptable to God. And if you found that place, that was worship. That was how it was done. That was how you experienced it. That was how you, she saw the world. Jesus came along and said in John chapter 4, 23, the time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father is seeking. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
from the Passion Bible, from now on, worshiping the Father is not a matter of the right place at the right time. For God is spirit, and he longs to have a sincere worshiper worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. When we begin to, begin to touch those spiritual places, our sight begins to change. We might see a beautiful sunset, or a newborn baby, or a kind gesture from another one in a whole different way that we've never seen before. The perspective that you begin to discover God in a whole new way. Intimacy being unlocked in your heart. Mysteries and a character change. And we discover that we're growing up into something more mature than what we had been. We begin to think differently. We begin to act differently. You see, when you operate and live by the Spirit, you become aware of God's heart and His thoughts. You become aware of what He is seeing and what He is saying. Like when Jesus stood outside the grave of Lazarus. Do you remember when Lazarus died in this story, as it's described in the Gospels? That there were people experiencing, they were experiencing a very real moment, right? That for a couple of days he was sick, and he finally dies, and they buried him in a tomb, and one of the people comes to him and tells him, hey, Lazarus has died, there's no reason to continue to go there, he's dead. Jesus goes to the place where the grave is, and he says, roll back the stone. And out of everything that he could have said, he chose his words in a very different kind of way for me. My prayer to God would have been, God, would you raise him up? God, would you do this? Would you do that? God, would you have him live again? God, well, yeah, okay. He's definitely going to live in the kingdom. He's definitely going to be raised up in that last day. Jesus didn't approach it that way. He released a couple of words that changed the entire course of not only Lazarus, but, but the family that was bearing the witness. He said, Lazarus, come out. It would be hard to interpret that any other way than he gets up from where he is, he stands on his feet, and he comes walking out with the grave clothes all around him. He issued a command. He didn't ask. He didn't plead. He didn't say, uh, you know, Father, would you, would you bring, you know, cover this multitude that's wailing, that just lost their, their, their relative, their brother, their friend, their, uh, you know, God, would you bring peace to them? He didn't say that. All that he said, with the compassion that was within him, he was identifying with their hurt and their pain, and he just said, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Come out of the grave. You see, it was because Jesus was operating in the Spirit 
And he understood what the Father was speaking and what the Father was doing. And what the Father was doing in that, in that instant was very, very different than what was happening in the natural through the soulish realm of the people that were standing around. And the thing is, when you're operating in the Spirit, in the truth of God, it can overrule the present situation that has been built by the soul man. And that's why when Jesus said, I'm going to connect heaven to earth in the next few moments so that you would understand the Son of Man has authority on earth. And he said, Lazarus, I'm speaking to not Martha and not Mary. I'm not speaking to the mother. I'm not speaking to the relative. I'm speaking to Lazarus. Come forth. Get up. Start walking again. Let the blood start pumping through your veins again. And show yourself. You see, that overruled the natural thinking of the day. And it brought heaven to earth to manifest in a way that made them one. You understand? Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Not kind of like, not similar to, but exactly. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. It was the same with the boat ride to the other side of the lake. Remember in Luke chapter 8 when Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake. <clears throat> and the disciples were there. And it was a dark night and the wind came up and the, the waves were going. And they were holding on for dear life because the boat was being, it's not like the ocean liners we have today. The boats were small, right? It wasn't like a thousand foot long cruise ship. The boat was probably 20 or 30 feet long. Able to be tossed and probably in some cases throw people out of the boat. Water coming in and storms and winds. And their focus was on the situation. And then Jesus, having been woken up, because he was connected to the Spirit and the heart of the Father. He says, I never do anything but that which I see the Father do, and I hear the Father speak. And what the Father was speaking in that moment was exactly the word that he released into the atmosphere in rebuking the, the wind. And again, that brought the, the natural, natural occurrence of what was going on subject to heaven. And the word that was released. Do you under, begin to understand that operating in the Spirit has all power and all authority? Why would anyone want to spend so much effort in the natural to try and make anything happen? The disciples were afraid for their life. It was real. They're going to be tossed overboard and drowned. And their destiny would, was going to end that night. Everything they had hoped for, everything they had wanted, their experiencing was about to end. And if they continued to operate in the soul realm, I don't know how it would have worked. But the story tells us that one started operating by the Spirit and releasing the Word of God and rebuked the wind, and it was calm. The same was true for a village in Nain. A crowd, uh, a little boy had sick and died <clears throat> and a, there was a huge crowd and a, the, they were very well known perhaps very rich 
and a huge crowd gathered. And they were going out the city gate, right? And the, they had the boy in a coffin. And they were going to go bury him. And Jesus is passed by. <clears throat> and he said, wait a minute. What is happening here in the natural is not according to the story that has been written in heaven with respect to this little boy. What is happening here, if it's left to play out, they're going to short-circuit the intentions and the plans of heaven. And Jesus comes on to the scene, and he comes up near the coffin, and he takes hold of the little boy, and he says, Arise! Arise! Get up! And there again, the spiritual atmosphere, because of the authority of God and because of what God was thinking and God was wanting to take place in that moment to reveal that he is the decision maker of life and death. Not natural circumstances and not natural events of which everybody in this community is partaking of, is thinking, they're going to go bury this kid. He's dead. It's in the coffin, grave's probably already dug, we just need to get the coffin to the grave. And on the way, we're wailing and crying and carrying on. And then Jesus said, wait a minute, this is not according to the story that is written in heaven. These people need to know and understand that there is a better way. Amen? <clears throat> Young man, he said, get up. The last example that I have is there was a girl in Luke chapter 18 that was dying. And he said, the, the guy comes up to the teacher far away and he says, I know that you knew about this girl and you were going to come and heal her, but never mind, she just died. She's dead, right? Don't trouble yourself anymore. It's a long ways into the city. Never mind. Once again, Jesus says, according to the will of my Father, I shall operate according to the Spirit, His voice, His word, what I see Him doing. I'm going to partner, and I'm going to release His word upon this earth and change the course and the destiny of what is happening here. So he went to the place, and he saw her, and everybody was crying, and everybody was wailing, and everybody was on and on and on. And he, he said, he came into the place and he said, Stop weeping. She's not dead. She's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him and ridiculed him. He said, You don't have any idea what we've gone through in the last four or five days of how we've seen her deteriorate, of how we've seen, how we've watched this little child suffer in this way and she's dead. And you're telling us that our I, what we experience with our eyes and what we experience with our hearing and all of our natural faculties is wrong and she's just asleep. You see, Jesus knew what the Father was doing in the heavenly realms by and through the Spirit. And so he released the word and he grabbed her hand and he said, little child, get up. And it says, and immediately she stood up. 
Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. And her parents were so overwhelmed. But Jesus insisted they not tell anyone, and it happened. Once the spoken word is sent out, it cannot return void. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10. As the rain and the snow comes down out of heaven and does not return there, but the wa- it waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that what I sent it. When Jesus said to the little girl, Arise, he didn't mean it's time to eat. He didn't mean it's time to plan your vacation in four months. He didn't mean that. He very specifically spoke to a girl that was perceived dead and said, Arise. And so the word was making full circle. It came out of his mouth. It went into the atmosphere. It restored the story according to heaven. And the girl responded and was alive. Yes, there are wonderful life-changing experiences when you walk by the Spirit. However, however, there's also wickedness and demonic governments and a hatred so deep and dark that most people just want to avoid it or ignore it. There are spiritual beings and strongholds and principalities and powers that most have never seen or experienced. Or even know exist. If someone does understand that they do exist, it seems like their mindset is, let somebody else deal with that. We're in the days where evil not only... uh, We're in the days where evil is not only in a spiritual place, but it's manifesting itself all over the earth. Everywhere you look, it seems as though evil is showing itself more and more and more. And I'm telling you, the days are approaching of threatening demonic spirits will will affect everyone on a global scale. Everywhere, all over the earth, what will it take for you to rise up? And walk in the authority that Christ has given you that's described in the Bible where the Lord said in Revelations at the end, don't you dare remove one word that is written in this book and don't you add to it. Take it at face value for what it is. And when I say that I've given you authority over demons and principalities and powers, don't reason it away to someone else. And don't reason it away to another day or another place. Believe it. That wasn't Jesus' intent for us to shoot back and close our eyes and hope it away. He said he takes no pleasure in those who shrink back. And as I close this morning, I want to read the heart of God to you that is written in the book that cannot be changed or added to. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. My beloved ones, 
In other words, the ones that I wrote the book to. I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with the strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive, overflowing power in you. Put on God's complete armor provided for you, so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and the authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realm. For they are the powerful class of demon gods and evil spirit that hold this dark world in bondage. And I want to remind you again, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus declares, let it be on earth as it is in heaven under God's government. And he said, all you need to do is participate with me and release Father's word by operating from a place of the Spirit, you hear His voice, you begin to see what He's doing, and you begin to have the revelation that is not that. And if that's all you do, you've missed the power of God. You've got to understand that you were placed on the earth and in that situation to declare that here. To declare what's happening, that God is doing in heaven, His Word, His plans, the books that are written about this place, about your life. When you come to know that, in the spiritual realm, this realm in the natural becomes subject through you to the Word of God. Not that you and I are anything. Not that you and I are anything. Debbie said it in her testimony. I'm nothing. But I know how to get a hold of my God who loves me and cares about me and has saved me and tells me in the morning He loves me. And I'm going to participate with that until the things that I see that are contrary are in obedience to that. What's it going to cost you? It might cost you putting away the TV. It might cost you shutting off the computer. It might cost you uh, getting up earlier in the morning. It might cost you visiting a prayer meeting. It might cost you. Is it worth it? Only you can decide. Only you get to determine whether or not you function in the soul realm or are participating as a son of God in the spirit realm to fulfill your destiny and declare the destiny of those around you are called forth. 
Only you get to decide what sacrifice you're going to offer in order to participate in the place where God is calling every single one of us. So will you participate in a prayer meeting? Will you shut the TV off at night? Will you start reading your Bible and have the witness of the Spirit of who you are? Or would you give up after two or three nights and say, like those others said, you know, no, there's a spiritual realm, but it's just not for me. And sacrifice your own destiny. The choice is yours. And there's no one anybody can do on your behalf to bring it about other than you. So I don't want to leave you on a somber note, right? I'm waiting for the chicken to come in. I'm waiting for Chris. I'm still waiting because it's kind of getting a little heavy here. I need that man with that chicken suit right about now in all seriousness. We have a love letter that God wrote to us. Are we going to choose to stay adolescents and and children and forsake the power and the authority that is being given to us? Or are we going to choose to grow up in Christ and be that spiritual son whom Jesus demonstrated on the earth? The signs and wonders follow you because you're connected to the Father in His heart. Tabernacles is coming right up really fast. And God promised that He would show up. Are you going to show up? Or is your work more important? Is your vacation more important? He said to make sure that you bring an offering. Are you going to bring five bucks? Because that's all you had in your jeans pocket at the time? Or are you going to make it something so real and so tangible because you've had several weeks to prepare it and your heart is being offered to God through the command that He issued? What are you going to do? You could show up when it's convenient. God says, I'm commanding you. Hold the feast throughout the generations. But are you going to decide something of the soul man is more important? So that's the question that is before us today. Every single one of you wants to operate in the realm of your destiny, which is the Spirit of God. But some of us are making poor choices. And I want to encourage you today, the heart of the Father, is will you show up? Will you obey the Word of God? And will you let Him teach you? Will you let Him take you into a place you've not been able to accurately even dream about? Because it says it hasn't entered the thoughts of man yet, the things that God has prepared for those He loves. This is an amazing time. And I hope between now and trumpets, which is only days away, that you hear his voice and you respond to his voice and you start orchestrating the natural part of your life in submission to the spiritual. 
And in that decision, there's exponential growth. That's what God said. I'm not adding to his word. I'm just declaring his word. I'm just releasing his word into the atmosphere, expecting there's a harvest in return. It's not me that does the work. It's me that proclaims the heart of the Father, and that's all of my mandate. It says the Father does the work. The Father does the work. Jesus even declared, it's my Father who's doing the work. My responsibility is to tell you what I've seen in the Spirit and what I'm conscious of His heart being today for us. So be encouraged. Tabernacles is just a few weeks away. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, praise the Lord. It's amazing how God continues to affirm His Word. And for those of you that are online, as we bring this to a close, uh, rise up. That's the theme of this coming tabernacle. That's what the Lord showed us. So I just want you to really take to heart. Um, since Passover, the Lord has been speaking to us, what if, what if, what if certain things were to transpire, how would you see them? Would we be deceived? We would be able to discern? And so I thank you, Sean, because for those of you that are online and for us that are here, like you said, Trumpets, Trumpets is uh, going to be the September 8th. It's the 9th, but it begins on the evening of the 8th at 6 o'clock or sundown when we're going to gather for an hour here. So I just want to encourage you. Apply the word. What if? Be alert. Spiritually be alert. And don't allow what you see to deceive you because there is so much that's transpiring and that will continue Tabernacles is going to be like no other time. This isn't going to be the hand of man. This is going to be the hand of God. Amen. So blessings to all of you that have watched us this morning, joining with us. Hopefully you reached into a place of worship this morning that really uh, touched your heart as well as an aroma to the Father, a fragrance of our own. Amen. So blessings in Jesus' name. Thank you, Ben.